You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as hell at Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine breaking F1 podcast. Good day, mates. Topical intro. Australian preview. Episode 20. We've done it. 20 episodes in. Who would have thought it? Not me. Not me. I, I thought, honestly, bro, we're getting to like five episodes and we're going to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I can't be asked to turn on my computer. <laughs> yeah. I can't be asked to turn on my computer. But but anyway, we're here. We're here. We're here and we're still smashing records. Boom. Episode 19. Most downloaded so far. You lot get yourselves a little... Thank you very much for your support. If you're here from day one, if you're here from 10, if you're here from noon today, I don't give a shit. Appreciate your support. All that jazz. Welcome. Welcome. Now, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm, I'm happy. And we're here with a little uh, Australia preview episode. And if you're new to the podcast or the stream, uh, welcome. My name is Blake, a.k.a. Break. And uh, this is Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11, my uh, famous internet twitter husband so uh yeah how we how how's everybody doing i hope you guys are great we've got a little uh got a little little australia preview show um it, we've just hit daylight savings time so it's still light outside so yep. i'm a little bit thrown off so if something happens weird it's because of the sunlight but uh what do we got what do we got in today's episode we got a little bit of news we've got I threw together some australia stories from the last couple of years maybe some personal anecdotes from travel experiences and just what was what's the what's the Australian Grand Prix been like for the last I don't know like eight or eight years or so? Then a little Australia preview. Then we're gonna get into random fandom drop because well we're we're biased so we've we've been forced to go out and be nice to other teams or at least give them honest feedback. So we're gonna do that today. But uh yep. yeah anything anything any other housekeeping for anybody new here? Uh nothing that's it in it. Oh, I'll tell you what yeah. if anyone's new here. And if anyone's returning, you'll be pleased to hear that the air horn button has been removed. <laughs> um, we, I saw so many comments on Twitter. They're like, there's no way you're using that air horn. That is terrible. Remove it, please. I I may have been a little bit sick and hungover from dodgy corner shop meatballs that I purchased last week. Um, but we're all good. We're back to normal. Okay, so, but... So, the air horn's gone. Do we have something else? Yeah, but it's a surprise. Okay, so I guess I guess when you know, you know. And if and if you if you see it in the the comments, leave a comment on YouTube when you found it, just so everybody else can find it. So, uh, why don't we get into the news? Why don't we get into the news? What's the uh, first on our news Formula One news agenda? Well, mid. mid begins with the letter M. What else begins with the letter M? McLaren, yes, it's the oh. McLaren musical chairs, and oh. fuck me, and yeah, so worst start to the season since 2017. What are they? Pointless bottom of the table at the moment. Two races in, uh, it's not looking good. No, it's it's it's. I you know I had I did a little segment thinking people were like predicting. Uh, you're in that video as well. It's coming out, I think, later this week. But it's like predicting who's going to be the best team, the worst team, and the most team with the most DNFs. Um, one of our friends had a lot of hope that McLaren would be back. And I was like, there's no way they can get worse. But they did. <laughs> well, they did. Significantly. And uh, post-Jeddah, um, which did you see the video where the front wing end plate comes off Piastri's car at the start? It goes over the top of everyone else's uh, car and then just hits Lando's. Uh, I, that's on, cod timing. Cod timing, just, bro. That just sums up their season at the moment. How unlucky. Yeah. Um, er, Ericsson hit us, bro. Yeah. But Full Ericsson hit us. <laughs> post Jeddah, um, <laughs> they have decided to part ways with technical director James Key as part of a review. Um, now we sort of know James Key to a degree because uh, mm. he was the Toro Rosso technical director for what 2012, yeah, 2012 until 2018, yeah. Mm. So he's 
kind of been a bit of the uh, Red Bull family. Um, but yeah, no, he's gone. And by the sounds of it, it uh, sounds like he got the, the old... What do you? I guess not a guillotine. I'd be Renault. Yeah, he got the uh, the old uh, sponsorship deal to go away. That's probably more McLaren, isn't it? Yeah, Zach oh, Brown man. signed a sponsor for him to go away. Well, I don't. I think I need to go back and get another job at McLaren. Do a couple of years, get locked in, and they're like, you know what, this guy's actually really bad, and then just get paid an absolute sack of cash to get disappeared. But um, James Key's been. It's an interesting story because. I joined Force India just as James Key had left. I think James Key basically was at the Jordan outfit, which was eventually Midland Spiker, Force India, blah, blah, blah. But he joined Midland as technical director. And he was one of the youngest TDs at 33, which is far younger than I am right now. Um, 2010, Sauber technical director. Uh, 2012, Toro Rosso. And then 2018 until 2023, McLaren. So don't know what he's up to. Wish him all the best, but uh, hopefully, whatever happens, I hope McLaren can uh, make some inroads in finding performance because whatever they're doing right now is not been particularly effective. Yeah, my biggest achievement at thirty three was probably um, shit housing on Twitter. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think thirty three was five years ago. I had just downgraded my career from trackside performance engineer to simulator performance engineer because I just was sick of traveling all the time. It's like, would you like to take a pay cut? Like, yeah, whatever. Just get yeah. me away from the racetrack. Yeah, just <laughs> me in a cupboard in a dark corner of the Milton Keynes factory. Uh, yeah, exactly. Listening to the simulator running, this sounds like just like R2-D2 on crack. Yeah, with the uh, occasional rumble of uh, motors and things like that. Hitting yeah, bump exactly. stops and things. Yeah, but... um. Yeah. So what's up with McLaren now? So I mean, this is mm. their worst start to a Formula One campaign and since 2017. So what are they doing? Well, they've, they're doing the uh, Michael Massey FIA scenario of deciding that they're, instead of having one person take all the responsibilities, they're now going to split it up into a technical committee. Nice little buzzword for you there. Um, to Ooh. replace the role of technical director. And is this the... Is this the meme where you just have Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man and then the team's still crap? Yeah, I think so, pretty much, yeah. Okay, um, sounds good. And there's another familiar name in here as well to us. Um, and I always fucking mess up saying his name. Uh, Peter Prodromo. How do you say Podromo. it, Blake? Prodromo. Prodromo, whatever. Yeah. Um, he was previously of Red Bull. Um, yep. Prod, he, he's called. Hmm? Prod. Prod. There you go. Yeah, for sure, because everybody else, everybody else fumbles over it like you and I yeah, just exactly. did. Fucking, I make no apologies for my poor <laughs> pronunciations of everything. Um, so yeah, big up Peter Prod. Previous Red Bull fame. Um, he's moving into the technical director of aerodynamics role, so that'll be leading the entire uh, aero function. We get David Sanchez. Come on down. He's joining in the January 2024 because he's on gardening leave from Ferrari. So he spent the last he, 10 years at Ferrari. He'll be joining. He's going to have some really nice olive trees or something, isn't he? Then he's going to have to leave yeah. Italy and come over here. Yeah. Year of gardening leave in Italy, in Maranello. Yes, please. I'll take that. You know um, what? You, you know what might happen if we do end up having to drive over to Maranello to drop that letter off? I think I might just stay for a bit, honestly. Or maybe we could give David a lift back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just get his belongings in the back of a panda. Oh, see if James May wants to meet for a nice uh, bolognese and a coffee. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I think we've got this. This is this is the an the plan. Unexpected, an unexpected journey. <laughs> the <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> I'm still on a Hobbit kick. I'm oh. sorry. Oh. Um. Yeah, sorry. We we mentioned David. We didn't actually say what he's doing. He's joining in January 2024 as the technical director of car concept and performance. Uh, so instead of making things look pretty, his job is to make things go fast. Uh, Neil Hold Holdley, uh, he's already at McLaren, but he's getting promoted to become the technical director of engineering and design. So he's the one that gives them all the nuts and bolts to make it go fast. Um. But as wonderful as this is, it's not the first time they've gone down this route. 
When do you think the last time McLaren had a major reshuffle like this? I want to feel like it was just pre-COVID. It was in 2018. Ah. So what will be five years and they're already shuffling everyone around again. It's, it's not looking good, bruv. Yeah. But I guess I've, I've heard a lot of different takes on this because people like, you know, Zach needs to change, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know. Is it Zach or is it something else? Is it, I, I really, I really can't tell you because I, I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting thing. But the, the company, from what I can tell, looks like it's in a better spot, the, the Formula One team at least. But from a technical and performance point of view, it's kind of been from nowhere to nowhere yeah. with varying degrees of nowhereness. Zach, uh, Zach gets a lot of stick, but I actually like kind of respect him and rate him because having a team as arse as McLaren at the moment, they are literally tripping over new sponsors getting signed. Mm. Like, if it, Zach is like the perfect used car salesman. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, and he, he managed to stop Piastri from going to Alpine, who are going to absolutely decimate them this season. He's like, no, brother, you yeah. want to come here and drive for me. And meanwhile, the car is in a... Yeah. And this sucks because I know like, we know what it's like to work at a team that's doing well. It look like what it's like to be doing a team that's doing bad. So don't get this twisted. This is there's not. I don't take any pleasure in this. There's well, I'll tell you if I take pleasure in anything horrible. I'll I'll let you know. But yeah, right I'm, now, no. I'm a husband and three kids. I don't take pleasure in anything anymore. <laughs> I think the last time I felt happiness uh, was in 1996 or something. I don't know. Where was it? What was it? Oh, yeah, it was, what, what, it was, what was probably narcotics related. Yeah. Okay. That's all that's or, all that works or, for me now. Or or the land party playing Counter Strike or something. Oh that's yeah. Big up. That's pre Counter Strike. Yeah. Big yeah. Up the, anyway. Big up the Counter Strike crew. <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully McLaren can turn it around, but it's just like it's one of those things. Like and it's so a Formula One is so unpredictable because we're looking at la- like imagine rewind to the end of last year. It's like, right, there's no way Ferrari have reliability issues this year. They're going to figure that out because that's plagued them all season. You know, they've got Fred coming in. They're going to sort it out. Did they? Well, no, they've gone through their allocation of electronics components and whatever else already in its race too. They're just going to take a penalty whack and then just keep fitting new stuff as they go because it doesn't really hurt that much. Yeah, but that's an incredibly big brain move from Ferrari to go through your entire allocation within the first two races. Think of all the sea freight shipping costs they're going to save now knowing they can only cart one set around. (laughs) <laughs> that is yeah, exactly Fred. bravo Bravo. yeah you, everybody thought everybody thought Haas was on the five head game plays by going to the small pit while Ferrari's like you know what we're going to burn all our ESs and CUs early in the season so we don't have to fly them around anymore boom uh, Fred thanks. love your work brother love your work Fred but anyway speaking of technical things let's uh this TD-039 or Technical Directive 39 reunion bells. Yes. And this is the part where we put everyone to sleep now because we actually have to talk about nah. technical things. No, nah, this, is, this is not going to be technical. If you're, if you're wondering what TD-39 was, it was the regulation that said you cannot break George and Lewis's backs in the race car. We're going to have to prevent you from doing that. and We're going to have to put in some regulations to stop you from doing it. Yeah, the porpoising. Oh, yes. I see a lot of porpoising emotes in the uh, live stream chat. Let's go. So what was it? Basically, it was was directive to stipulate the mounting method of the underfloor plank and the skid plates and defining the maximum flexibility of the plank and also the measuring and monitoring of the vertical forces acting on the cars. Basically, that bit's porpoising. That's the one. There was two big things. One was... The FIA weren't happy that the drivers were being subjected to quite heavy vertical oscillations and loads, which can impact their spine and neck and everything else. And it's uncomfortable and they can't see. And it's not great. Um, this was as a result of the ground effect floor and car stalling. The second part of it was since we went from 2021, where the cars typically ran quite high rake or nose low to the ground, tail of the car high to the ground. The, the ground effect cars in 2022, you started running them a lot flatter to the ground at the end of straight. And the FAA got wise to the fact, they were like, why on earth are these people 
grounding the plank so far back. And they're like, oh, we didn't even make any regulations that stipulated you couldn't ground that much. So they started monitoring that more closely. But um, it looks like this has been done away with. So we've had a technical change to the rules, which the height of the floor edges have been brought up, which and something with the throat of the diffuser. And that was supposed to make porpoising less severe. But it looks like, Correct. was it Motorsport Italy said? Mm, yes, the world's most reliable source uh, of all things <laughs> F1, right? So do, do with that information what you will. It is what it is and it ain't when it ain't. You Apparently know? it's gone. Okay. Um, so, but other people are out there telling us or the internet that it's not gone. They've just removed the uh, bouncing porpoising metric. Mm. Which would make sense. I, I, if it, as part of this, like we said, it's um, the mounting of the plank and the skid plates and the whole bendy floors thing was a part of this. I, I don't think they would just chuck that out all of a sudden. No, that makes sense, and that's still relevant. You know, like grounding the car quite far back from the leading edge of the plank is still a mode. That's that's a thing, and they don't want to exploit that. And I think they were just like, you know what, that metric idea was kind of a, a sticky plaster to deal with what happened in Baku and it took them a couple of races to execute it. And then throughout the season from that article, it sounds like they even relaxed the metric at some circuits like street circuits, like uh, Singapore. So. Yeah. It seemed to be like um, uh track dependent, didn't it really? Depending on yeah. the surface of the track, which is something that we, we theorized. Um, so yeah, who fucking knows what's going on, basically, is what I'm trying to tell you, listeners. The thing about technical directives is we don't, like, the only time you see a technical directive, it's when a journalist or the FIA publish it. But, like, they could be there, and we don't know about some of them either. It's just if people hear about them or talk about them, I don't know where to find technical no. directives. They usually just get kind of stuffed in. But yeah, and so even, TD39. Yeah, even when I was... I don't know, it's probably the same for you. Even when I was working for a team, I fucking half the time I never saw them anyway, even mm. being within a team. So if... Yeah, they kind of came to like one person and that person, <laughs> if they filtered them down, fine. If not, not. But uh, So that's that's partly gone. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll see. I'm sure they might talk about it because people are going to be getting asked a lot of questions about it. And uh, I think that's, that's completely plausible that they would have done away with that one. But... Let's uh, yeah, Twitter got their teeth into it, ran wild with it. Um, it was probably one of those super, super awesome copy pasta accounts where you have to look like seven reply tweets down until they finally cite the article and yes. they've just copy pasted half the article anyway, which is, yeah, yeah, don't do so, that. Yeah, there you go. Just don't. Speaking of Twitter getting their teeth into it, I, I stirred the pot this morning. He who stirs the pot should lick the shitty spoon. Now this is, yeah, maybe. What kind of like I, I'm? Co what are you cooking, man? I don't cook shit. You uh, have meatballs. Wow. I was, <laughs> you can't I was, be asked to cook. Yeah, <laughs> I was cooking the books at uh, Red Bull Catering. Bro, wow, um, you got out of there just in time. Yep. Toot toot. So there's that's, a Dominicali to buy cheap meatballs now. So the. <laughs> There was a quote from the FIA. Uh, he's not the president. What is Dominicali? What's his uh, position? Isn't, isn't he like the president of? Is it FIA? He's not FIA. He's FOM, isn't he? Fine. Okay. That's that's. I'm like. Stephane, I was like no, wait, if you're listening, what the fuck is your job? Anyway, ex ex Ferrari man now big boss man. He was at a MotoGP event and he was quoted as saying, "I'm a supporter of the cancellation of free practice sessions, which are of great use to the engineers, but the public doesn't like it." Um, and I've got, I've got some thoughts on that. Some of them people weren't too happy to hear and some of them were mm. not too sure. What do you, where, where's your head at with this? Uh, where, where, bang, where, where do you... straight into fraud watch jail. He's not on promotion. He's not on probation. <laughs> bang. He's straight in. Like yeah. Stefano, <laughs> fuck off. Get fucked, so he, man. He is the CEO of F1. Of course, I knew that, but it's been a couple of days and I haven't had coffee this, today. So um, that's Stefano. So here's, here's my thing. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think free practice is important for people to A, 
see what's going on. More importantly, it's important for the sponsors and everybody else. It's literally how much money and how much value the television brings teams just for having logos on their cars showing up on the cars in practice. But free practice sessions bore me to death. And I hate to say it. And I know everybody's like, but I want to watch the race cars. It's like, well, you can watch the race cars, but here's the reality of free practice sessions. Most people just watch the cars going around. They hear the commentators saying the same stuff they do every weekend. And they sit there for an hour, not knowing what's going on. They just look at the, the column on the left and see what the lap times are. That's because all the commentators are shit. And what they should do <laughs> is get us to do it. Well, they, they did have Bernie Collins last week, which was awesome. Which was really True, awesome. But, yeah, big up Bernie. So here's, here's my thought. My, here's my thought of that. Because the, there's no definitive things happening during practice. And that's one of the things I like about the sprint weekend format, right? I think the sprint weekend format is not perfect. It's not great, but I do like it. You have qualifying Friday, you've got a sprint race on Saturday and you've got a race on Sunday. Something happens every single day. And I like it. Um, they still have free practice three, which sprint weekend or not sprint weekend at free practice three is a throwaway session. It's, it's a shit fine. Like I get that it's important to make sure the car is set up is okay. But people were coming at me like, oh, it's a safety thing. I'm like, please, please tell me how it's unsafe for people that have never driven tracks before in sprint race weekends to show up, do one practice session and go straight into qualifying. That's not unsafe. These guys are, these guys are good. The simulators are not perfect, but they're good enough. And it's a skill gap. You know, if you give everybody enough time to do laps and laps and laps and laps, they're going to get to a certain point. Why do you need to be 100% optimum? You could be 98% optimum after an hour practice session or an hour and a half practice session. But I don't know. Do, you, do we need less free practice? I'm, I'm like uh, your Brexit voting granddad or uncle that you hate sitting next to at a Christmas dinner. I don't like change, right? I don't That's like, okay. I don't like sprint Nobody weekends. Does. Nobody likes change. I don't like sprint weekends. I don't like sprint races. I think they're arse. Um, I'm, I like my free practice one and two. Free, I don't mind. I, I see, okay. I can understand yeah. your point on it. Free practice three, get them. But like, here's, here's, here's how the sprint weekend would be great. Practice, qualify, sprint race, or practice, qualify for the sprint race, then qualify for the main event, and then do the sprint, and then do the race on Sunday. You've got something happening every session. You have a free practice session and maybe you can change the car for your second qualifying session. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe what. throw in some gimmicks, reverse grid, the sprint, the reverse grid's the biggest heap of crap anyway, but I don't give a, I don't really care. But the, back That's to the point though. 20 and he's, he's, the mask has slipped. He doesn't care. He's out here causing trouble. <laughs> but like, but like seriously, like, yeah, free practice sessions are great, but literally the the, se the second half of free practice too. After everybody does their their qualify their qualifying runs, it's literally the cars pounding around lap after lap, and then nobody really has the timing data unless unless Uncle Steve is sitting there watching every lap of a single car, writing it down to be like, oh, their pace and deg is really good. This is really interesting. It's like cars go zoom, cars go in circle. I happy watch TV, and that's me. That's me when I watch free practice too. But it's. It's like, what if we got rid of at least free practice three and added something else? Maybe where you put like gates on the track and you have to drive through them like F1 2022 to upgrade your car. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Please don't do that. What's the, there's gotta, uh, be, there's gotta be something. Do the Red Bull Air Race where you put inflatable gates up and they have yeah, easy. Yeah. I, I have a solution to fixing sprint races. Okay. Go on. Sprint races are pretty dull, right? For one very good reason. That's because the components they have to use in sprint races also have to be used for the race. All sprint races, you want to stick a new engine in for every single sprint race, fucking do it, right? You want to stick a new gearbox in just for that sprint race, you can do it. And then at the end, you can swap it to your race set. I don't care. <laughs> oh if you're going to sprint, you're going to sprint. Don't fucking nurse it around for what? third of a race like oh gotta watch out for my gearbox or my turbo don't <laughs> want to put any unnecessary wear on it my energy rate. i don't know why there's so much echo on that bad boy <laughs> george was going through a tunnel on that one yeah, exactly blimey yeah give, yeah, me, I get give me my 1200 brake horsepower quality setups only for the sprint 
But I think right now, with like, okay, that would be awesome. But I think right now, the Formula One engines, they can basically do that amount all the time, which is how they've been set up to. But yeah, there's there's got to be something else. And I'm not saying get rid of all the free practice sessions. I disagree. I don't think that's what he meant. And if he meant that, he probably wasn't checking the, uh, the sums to say, we're going to lose a lot of money from ticket sales, from advertising, from this and that and those. Like, that's, I, I think that quote is a little bit out of context. But as much as I don't like change, something else like the, the sprint weekend does have something enticing because there's something definitive. Otherwise you finish Friday and it's people just speculating complete absolute bollocks the rest of the night. I'm like, please, please. I need to perforate my eardrums so I don't have to hear anything else until we qualify. Oh yeah. They're sandbagging mate. Mate, they're sandbagging. Please come on, come on. Come I'm on over now. it. But yeah, I don't know. We can get we you we agree we can get rid of free practice three though. Yeah, sure. I will. You know, but like I also got told off. It's like, are you saying this as you used to be a race engineer? So this is weird. You'd say I'm like, yeah, it is. Race engineers would love five free practice sessions. They would love that. Do you need five of them? No. But do you need do you need three? No. I mean, do you can you make them shorter? Well, they've been making them shorter for the last couple of years. So true. Eh. Anyway. Anyway, so I I don't think that's what Stefano meant, but I also I don't know. Let's break it down. Just to, he, he was talking about apparently. Obviously, we had this quote, and it, it's a little bit. No one really knows where it came from, but also at the same time, uh, someone else has also said that apparently he said he wants to add a competitive nature to it, like give people a f- point for fastest lap or something in practice. See now, now we're starting to talk about solutions, and I'm like, no, that's dumb. No, that's dumb. <laughs> but maybe I don't know. Maybe like, nah, points on a Sunday. Yeah, but like, set set something up, some incentive, some buy-in, because just running around. But anyway, I yeah. But the, the two ports of his quote support the cancellation of free practice sessions. Dubious. They're great use to the engineers. True. The public doesn't like them. I'm not sure. I think you will find that a lot of people do really like them and they enjoy them, even if it's just cars doing laps. They enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and the narration and the commentary from the TV and just watching the cars pound around. But yeah. What else? What else we got? Well, uh, bad news, all you uh, Porsche or Porsche, however you want to say it. Uh, I'm not getting the 911. You, you're not getting the 911. And you know who else is not getting the 911? No. Anyone in the paddock, it seems, because uh, they've officially given up on their 2026 uh, entry. Ooh. So uh, they were obviously in talks with Red Bull and McLaren. Both of those collapsed. Porsche wanted to buy a significant stake. Uh, nobody was keen to sort of do that, which I can understand. I don't think... Porsche can have that sort of swag to walk up to a team and say, we're going to buy 50% of you and you're going to carry our badge sort of thing. Um, That's not how F1 works, I'm afraid, chaps. Um, So, yeah, they basically said they've ended their formal evaluation. Uh, It's still of interest, but they can't see a way in, so they're just going to focus on their existing motorsport programs, uh, which is their works, Formula E entry, and a high-profile return to the top class at the Le Mans 24 hours as part of the 963 hypercar project. So there you go. Goodbye, Porsche. I don't... Do they basically just dip in and out of Le Mans every couple of years? Yeah. Or at least recently? Because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not following endurance racing for the last 10 years. Um, They've always had a strong GT car program, but yeah. that's more like customer teams and things like that. Sure. Um, you'll get some factory backed drivers in some of them and whatnot and they had the is it the 919 sorry listeners you probably shout and you know what it is um hypercar that they had in lmh or whatever um so yeah and now they're coming back with the uh 963 because you know we've got ferrari with their prototype which looks really nice actually i've, I've seen photos nice. of it. yeah it looks good um so yeah there you go well, I mean, we're still going to have Audi coming back, so it's like the same yeah, group, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's kind of weird how they're like, they're like most no, prestige but brand, yes, 
like your most prestige brand, Porsche, are now going to have to sit on the sidelines because um, you've allowed all the uh, Windows salesmen's Audis to get into F1 instead. So big up all of you lot driving your Audis on the motorway to a sales call. I've been there. <laughs> I feel that pain. Stop, I would stop love flashing it. people to get out of the way, you selfish bastards. I would just love a big, beefy V8 Audi wagon, please. Somebody hook me up. Yeah, the old school uh, RS4 V8s. This, this next talking point pisses me off because I'm not very happy about Netflix. And I'm not talking about Drive to Survive. They canceled, what was it, 1989? Or 1899? I don't know, I never saw it. <sighs> They canceled, sorry, 1899. It was great. It was basically from the creators that did Dark. Uh, and it got one season. They're like, nope, this is not good. We're going to cancel it. And then we keep getting the same Dungeons and Dragons wannabe remakes of the Witcher films and everything else. But Netflix have also decided they want to do a six part miniseries on the Ayrton Center. Yes, they have. And they've even gone as far as to confirm the Brazilian actor Gabriel Leone. Uh, for the lead role again probably pronounced that wrong sorry mate butchered butchered sorry gabs um the series is going to go by the title senna uh which is nice and imaginative and it's going to cover his entire professional racing career starting with his move to the uk in 1981 when he competed in the f1600s uh followed by further junior categories in 82 83 and then his uh 84 f1 debut with tolman so yeah, interesting. No fucking clue when it's coming out though, because they're not even started filming on it yet. So no time soon. Yeah, well, if they do the same thing that they did with all the other stuff they've been rehashing, like they better do a good job. Otherwise, this is going to be a war crime, isn't it? Genuinely. Yeah, sure. Geneva to, conventions. To, to clarify, I'm, the Witcher series, great, but the Blood Origin, whatever they did, that was terrible. Oh fuck Just, off! I liked that. I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but it was still like the most generic thing. It just blended into every other piece of trash television I was watching right. with no purpose. I'm like, that's it. I'm banning everyone out of the chat was, now who's saying it was bad. It was everybody agrees it was crap. It's my fucking podcast. I'll cry if I want. <laughs> anyway, shall we? Um, shall we get on? Tasteless heathens. Dude, come on. I mean, it was really generic. It could have been anything. It didn't even have to be Witcher. I like generic. I don't like thinking when I watch TV, okay? That's fine. That's fine. Don't question my fragile existence. I don't want TV shows that make me have to question myself, all right? Bring 1899 back. That's it. Ugh. Right, next. Where are we at? <laughs> next. <laughs> next. Moving swiftly on. Fuck this shit. Should we have some uh, a little chat about Australia? I love Australia. Do you? Well, Blake. I love it. Let's take a little trip. <laughs> Down the Australian memory lane, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you like that? I did like that. I was wondering what the new audio sound was. That was really great. That reminded me a little bit of uh, the air horn Zelda. died, for so that could live. Zelda: a Link to the Past. When you go to the healing pool, similar, not quite the same one. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't play Zelda. I'm all you fucking kids and your stupid games. <laughs> Dude, I miss going to Melbourne so freaking much. It was, it was such a good place to go. Like it was a literally like a. 24 hour door to door travel experience, which is absolutely ass me. It's not fun. It's usually stop over in Hong Kong or Singapore, land in Melbourne. The cure for landing in Melbourne was just to take my bicycle and then go pound around Melbourne and get like abused by motorists. They're just like, they've got a huge cycling culture and they also hate cyclists at the same time, which is really, really, really weird. Yeah. Well, you can't um, cycle now, can you? No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, you could just not on Thursday at the track during oh, the okay, track walk okay. designated time, which is different because they usually have V8 supercars or Australian supercars going around the track at that point. Of course they do. Of course they do. So you can't track walk. Those then. mad it's, cunts. It, yeah, exactly. Pick up, in, all in, Auss, pick up all your Aussies in your sick uh, oh, Statos. That's what they're called. I think that's Hilux. what they call them. Statos. Now, I think Statos are like V8 saloons or something. 
Oh, fine. Aussie fans, oh. let me know. I'm probably talking shit, but I'm pretty sure that's what <laughs> yeah, they're called. Exactly. But dude, seriously, like, if you want to go to Oz or Melbourne, best coffee, best pastries, amazing food. The people are awesome. Um, I, I could seriously live there if it wasn't so far away from everything that I know. But um, this, yeah. was, this was a cool one. There's, there's a thing that always happens during uh, Saturday and Sunday. There's fighter jet flybys. And if you don't know they're coming and you're like, you know, like in your temporary tents or in yeah, the paddock yeah. or in a building, these things rip directly overhead and blow your eardrums out. I remember once I was taking a piss and I must have pissed all over myself because it scared the living crap out of me. It happens like on Saturday and Sunday before qualifying the race, but it's like, holy. And it's a, it's a sight to behold. It is an absolute sight to behold. Mm. I, I never had never had the uh, fortune of going to Australia. It's a good one. Honestly, if I could if I could be like, hey, dear anybody, I would love for you to fly me out to a race so that we could do content with you. I think Australia would be the one if they wanted to pay for us to come out there. Because mm. let's be honest, um, I can't afford it. But no, but we're but we're getting closer, which brings us to What? Ready? No, I don't know. Being able to being able to afford to go to Australia. Oh, is this bit where we put the ads in, where we make money? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! I'm half asleep. You know, you got to make these things more obvious to me. I'm too fucking stupid. Sorry. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Everybody ready for an ad? Hello, it's me again. Just to tell you that we are continuing our deal with NordVPN. Give you an exclusive offer. You can get it by going to nordvpn.com slash engine to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. They have a super simple app that you can use on your phone, your tablet, your PC, and it's something that I've used myself for years and I've been completely happy with it the entire time. And it's just in time to get around that potential geographical restrictions for f1 tv obviously i can't say you should do that because that's probably illegal but you know so yeah go to nordvpn.com slash engine so me and blake can feed our families thank you or we can go to australia buy v8 saloons and do some sick fucking burnouts yes you know what i heard of something once from an australia person that i know it's not burnouts. There's something called a lawny. And it's Ooh. a thing where you basically pull up on someone's lawn and leave some number 11s in their lawn. And it's called a lawny. Can any Aussies like uh, confirm or deny confirm? that? Yeah. Yeah. A little, just do a cheeky lawny, mate. All right. Yeah. Down the road. Yeah. Steve's been a bit of a belly. And let's go give him a lawny. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. So is, yeah, that there you go. is that not a crime? I'm sure it's a crime. Yeah, of, of course, of course it's, I'm not saying do it. I'm saying it's not a thing, but like maybe it's something that is similar to toilet papering someone's trees. So who knows? Yeah, the Australian Let's version. Go. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we, why don't we roll it back? Let's talk now that we're on Melbourne time, Australia life. Let's roll back to the last couple of years. Um, ah. Uh, takes me right back yeah you like that again yeah i love it i love it take us back take us back so take us back fuck's sake i'll I'll, uh i'll do the first one i'll let you i'll let you we'll we'll tag team these so australia 2015 it was my first year at red bull racing at the track i was daniel kvyat's performance engineer and it was kind of a scrappy weekend uh first second year of the v8 or the, the hybrid v6s we had a electronics failure in the gearbox on the way to the grid. The whole thing basically melted all the wiring inside the gearbox, and it was a shit fight. At the same time, Daniel Ricardo ha- also had some issues, I believe. I'm, I could be mixing this up, but I'm pretty sure Daniel also had issues. They basically had to pull all the bodywork off and cut holes in the heat shields to access a connector to try and plug the gearbox back in. I feel like I've told this story recently, but uh, yeah, he finally made it to the grid, and that was... Uh, that was that was my first experience of Australia with Red Bull, and it's kind of a long-standing theme. I don't really have any fond memories of being at the racetrack in Melbourne. 
at all. Well, there you go. We're not getting invited to fucking Melbourne anytime soon, then. No, I'm I'm a bad luck. Trump. I'm not a bad luck, Trump. But um, speaking of domination, mm. 2015, second year of the V6 hybrids, Hamilton qualifies 1.4 seconds ahead of the next team, Felipe Massa in a Williams, who qualified third. Seb, just a few hundreds behind Felipe in the Ferrari. Red Bull, 1.7 seconds off a pole. Hamilton and Rosberg finished 35 seconds ahead of Vettel in the Ferrari. Uh, Ricardo in P6 finished a lap down. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, teams being able to run away with the championship like that is not ideal. But um, this is not, this is, if anybody's tuning in, you're thinking, yeah, these Red Bulls are really fast and they're annoying. I'm like, yeah, but this is kind of normal. Especially, and this was second year of a regulation cycle. We're on the second year of a regulation cycle. Um, so, yeah. What else we got? Well, t- tell me about 2016. Oh, that, that was my first. Uh, yeah? My first Australia, yeah. And it was the one where we had that fucking stupid bullshit qualifying idea. Do you remember this? It was like a clock that ran down and then you had to... Oh, it was so stupid. I can't even fucking remember like the, the concept of it. I think this was like Bernie's dying sort of gift to F1 before he sort of left, I think, wasn't he? It was like, I'm just going to yeah. fuck up qualifying. Um, and it ended up with like no cars on track with the last seven minutes of Q1 because it was just fucking pointless. And it was like, wow, well, this is this is bullshit. But Officially, they called it Devil Take the Hindmost, which is very interesting for a naming convention for a qualifying format but all yeah, I, remember I remember is I remember, everyone in software being extremely fucking pissed off because they had to redo all their fucking software models and all their tools and things like yeah. that for a qualifying format that only lasted in the end two three races yeah it was so bad but it was like it was so confusing because you could go out and set a lap right and if you weren't on track at the right time after like seven minutes to go in the session, they start eliminating cars. And it's like, so you're second fastest when you set your lap and you're just waiting to go again. And then the timer starts counting down and then everybody gets eliminated. And you're like, what do we, wait, what? We're eliminated? And it it was the stupidest, most confusing thing. And the interesting thing about that is you didn't actually have to have one of those qualifying sessions to know it was a stupid idea. It was a stupid idea. So whoever came up with that one, Bernie, I hope it wasn't you, mate. Yeah, Bernie Ecclestone, that is. We've got a new Bernie, a much better one now. Exactly. And I think that was Australia 2016 was... Uh, what session was it? It may have been P3 or it might have been qualifying where Danny Rick lost GPS off the car. And if you watch back the Sky replay of it, there's a radio message where the garage is talking to Danny Rick about losing the GPS. And my claim to fame, ladies and gentlemen, is I was the one that pressed the wrong button and fucked it and broke the GPS on his car. <laughs> you dumbass. You <laughs> so while that message fucking... is going out on the telly, which I had it like in one ear, I was just sitting there desperately trying to fix the fucking system to get it to come back up. So yeah, but <laughs> jokes aside, not having GPS positioning on a car while it's on a live track is actually really fucking dangerous. Yeah, it, but what's also good is if you're now on the FIA, you have a camera on that car so you can see where the car is on the track, which the FIA just found about in Jeddah last week after Lance Stroll retired. <laughs> Bots. Oh, uh, um, dear. So, yeah. Spe- spe- so I don't have any fond memories of Oz. I was on Daniel's car that year as well. Uh, we DNF'd with them electrical issues. So, that sucks. Was that... 2000... No, it's gone. Was that not where he DNF'd on the way to the grid? Or was that the year, be- no, that was, year before? That was the year before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that okay, was on the way yeah, to the yeah. grid. This one was another electrical issue. So uh, Australia 2017. Guess who made their race debut? Lawrence Stroll. Pick yourself up. It was Lance, actually. but Or did I say Lawrence? Yeah, well, maybe Lawrence as well. Lawrence made his debut yeah, in the pit lane. He was probably the yeah, exactly uh, stroll. Williams F one debut. Now attrition, attrition in Australia is tough because up until two thousand and nineteen, it was the first race of the season. But um, P seven downwards, finishing a lap down, 
Seb won the race in the Ferrari by 10 seconds over Hamilton. So the, the turns have tabled a little bit. Yeah. What else? We got Australia 2018, new driver debut. Who was it? Uh, Chuck, our good friend yeah. Chuck. I feel so old, man. So he shows up in a Sauber in 2018. That's not that long ago. I'm, my back hurts. Seriously. Your back hurts because you carry this podcast. No. No, no, no. But 2018 was also the first year of Drive to Survive. Oh, right. Listen, pre-warning you now, listeners, buckle in because this is going to turn into a Blake rant. Blake, take it away. <laughs> I, so anyway, um, 2017 was my last trackside season, but uh, the person who replaced me at the track, they were having a baby. Uh, so I did Melbourne that year, which was great because I took my bicycle out and probably did about 200 kilometers in a couple days before the race, which was a lot for me because I was really unfit. And that's when the whole 30 seconds, 30 seconds debacle happened. So in the season one trailer, there's a clip of somebody, there's Simon Rennie standing on the grid with his clipboard looking at Daniel's car. There's me saying 30 seconds, 30 seconds on the radio. Um, and then later in the episode, they just cut some shots in like, I don't know, Barcelona of Hugh in the garage. Just like, you rats. That was me. So, fine. I hate it here. Mm. And you didn't it, get didn't, you didn't get your uh, royalties or anything, did you, mate? No, no, they didn't even say thank you. Fuck they didn't even say thank you, but fuck Netflix, um, fuck your drive to survive, yeah. fuck your canceling eighteen ninety nine or yeah, exactly Netflix, you rats. Um, I haven't watched this. Have you watched Drive to Survive this season? I didn't watch it. I've watched I've watched some of it, um, and I think maybe uh, we should probably continue to watch the season, and then when we got that stupid four week break. In a couple of weeks' time, maybe we can do a uh, special episode slagging off DTS. Anybody down for that? I'm yeah. down. So to finish off the despair of 2018, Fettel leads Hamilton and Ferrari in the championship. The top 14 finish on the final lap, but there's still five DNFs. I can't believe some nerd with a beard in the Twitch chat just gifted a tier one sub to Netflix. I am absolutely dying. Uh, oh my God. You can't, if Thank people you are on audio only, I'm just off in the corner of the room just fucking pissing myself over this. Oh my God. The nerd with a beard, brother, I appreciate you, but uh, Netflix, bring back 1899 and we might get some more gifters in here, right? Yeah, Netflix, uh, fuck off. Right. All right, 2019, what we got, bro? Uh, that's when Chuck was in Ferrari. Yep. Yeah. Four years ago. He's, Jeez, he's been, been beaten to hard, death by Ferrari for f a hard four years. This dude's a bit of a weapon. He spent one year in the Sauber, and then he rocks up to Ferrari. We also had the bonus point introduction for fastest lap in 2019. I didn't even remember when we did that. I mean, is it I thought it was a little longer ago than that, 2019. But yeah, cool. cool. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good addition. I like it too, especially when teammates try to take the fastest lap off each other mm. and then the internet drum divides itself and the drama. I mean, come on, that wasn't even drama. No, it's just two races in, trying to get a fastest lap. I'm into, I'm into the fastest lap point. I think it's interesting. Um, Bottas beats Hamilton in equal machinery that year as well. Yes, yeah. Do you want to know a fun fact? I didn't know about this, right? How many times has seven-time world champion driver Lewis Hamilton won in Melbourne? Is it five? Two. Really? Only two, yeah. Oh. I thought that would have been a lot higher. Uh, yeah, I thought it would have as well. All right, go on then. What two races do you know? Oh, God, now you're asking me. No, I just, okay, read, it. No, I just no. read it on a website. Oh, uh, fine. That's what I do with most of my points as well. <laughs> so we were all the way up to 2019, 2020. You guys remember what happened that race that year? Absolutely lit. Everybody oh flies God. out to that event, um, my better half included. And then uh, somebody from McLaren's team gets the COVID. Sneeze. They sneezed. Yeah, and that's when like everybody was super, super cautious uh, about, you know, it was, we don't know what it was. It's going to destroy the world and it's going to change everybody's lives for the next couple of years. COVID hits, no Grand Prix. 2021, uh, Australia is still quite strict on COVID procedures. 
no event. 2022, last year, we're freaking back. Tell me about it. How was it? Well, I was just going to go back a bit and say how much of a fucking shambles the 2020 was because they didn't cancel it until, what was it, like an hour or 30 minutes before FP1? People oh, yeah. were people are at standing the track, at the gate. Yeah. And there was, they, did, they even did the first, maybe it was the Supercars or something. So, oh, they did a support event before bending the whole event yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I it was did not remember fucking that at all. bad. But, like, honestly, that was after that, it was great because I spent the next couple of years or next, next couple of months in my house streaming Warzone and on Twitch. And if it wasn't for that, I know, I know it was, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but. I'm looking at the good and the bad. If it wasn't for that, I would probably never be streaming on Twitch or making Formula One content. So when you when you get lemons, smash them up and drink the sour mm. stuff. I still had to go to the factory and I had a special piece of paperwork and everything that says I was authorized to go out my house to work. Really? Because that was when we were converting to doing the... Um, I've forgotten what they officially called them, but the ventilators they started building. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when all the teams collaborated yeah. on a ventilator? I was a part of that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I was sitting around in my pants playing uh, Warzone 1, OG Warzone. Oh, my God. I miss it so much. There you go. <laughs> so, but, yeah, um, that was 2020. 2021, the world is still in turmoil, so we don't go to Australia. Mm. Um, 2022, we're back, baby. Mm. It's no longer the first round. Oh yeah, they moved it to where it is now, third slot. Mm. It's such a good season opener, though. Bahrain sucks as an opener. I mean, Bahrain's a badass circuit. Don't get me wrong. I like Bahrain, but uh, I just like emotionally, Melbourne's still the first race of the year for me. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. It's so, just yeah. like it's just like one of those things, like Barcelona's race five, and that's it. Mm. No, there's nothing else to discuss. Uh. uh... Charles, Char- Chucky Leclerc, Poland win. Max DNF, Perez P2. Uh, fuel system. T- but Max is, Max is two DNFs in a row, isn't he? Oh, that's where there's like that, that really cool photo of him just stepping out of like a red ball that's half on fire. Oh, yeah. And probably the, one of the marshals firing, firing stuff up the tailpipe of the car and ruining the turbo. <sighs> yeah, that was a rough time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that was also, I believe, the record for the most points deficit to first place being nice. Um, and he won, I think, was it 46 points down? I think that's the record for most points behind and then coming back to win the championship. That's wacky. So there you go. Oh, Useless trivia the tides there, of, chat. The tides of Formula One turning quite quickly. And I don't see them turning like that this year, but it's it's race three again. It's race three. Mm. 46 point deficit being overcome. Um, Mercedes last season finished fourth and fifth as they did most of the season. Pretty consistently, actually. Uh, 25 seconds behind. And then at the start of last year, like the Ferrari's pace and degradation and everything was awesome. They had a little bit of porpoising present and we're like, all right, the car's bouncing a bit. But the car was quick yep. at the start of the season and they undeveloped it throughout the whole season. Leclerc finished 20 seconds ahead of Red Bull. 25 seconds ahead of Mercedes. Youch. Youch. I mm. caromba. So, we've also got a little uh, 2023 mm. Australian Grand Prix preview. Looking what forward. You just have to pretend that that oh, means yeah. looking we're going, forward. Yeah, so we were, we, were, we were in the past. Yeah. We've progressed, gotten closer, now we've stepped into the future. Today. Mm. So, uh, I, I completely forgot that they revamped the entire circuit after the, the COVID break. Correct. They got rid of the chicane 910, which is now 910 is the fast left, right. Um, much better for it. I think I like it. I was, uh, I've definitely not been playing it on my sim rig for uh, a couple afternoons, getting everything dialed in. It's a fun track. It's a super cool track. A lot of flow. Um, that section is rapid. Rapid, rapido, yeah, yeah. But um, some good changes, I believe. But they they also changed something else, and they kind of went back on it. Now we've gone back. So last year we had four the four DRS zones, and one of the DRS zones, the the one in question that we'll talk about, 
was into the very, very super, super fast left, right, uh, turn nine, 10. Now after Friday, they're like, you know what? We're going to get rid of that. It's dangerous. I'm like, okay, I could see that. And then this year they're like, yeah, we're putting it back in. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, Maybe that's. I don't think. The, it's gonna, uh, I reckon it's going to be another fucking scenario of last of year. It. Yeah, they'll do like free practice one and two, and then say, you know what, we're getting rid of it. It's too dangerous. Fair enough. Yeah, oh, that's well. that's my back. theory anyway. So yeah, so we've basically got two DRS detection zones: one at the start of the first straight, and one out of was it six or seven into the fast section, and then two DRS sec- sections following that. So two detections with two activation zones each. Um, 58 lap race. We've got C2, 3, and 4. One step from the hard, or two steps from the hardest compounds now, because we now have a C0. It's the same allocation as they had last year. Um, I got some bad news. Oh, what? Well, this is another low degradation one stopper, I reckon. So you, you so, think uh, it's just going to be a boring one stop? I hope not. I will. I hope not. I will put on my hat, optimist hat, and say... I love it. That in the past, Australia has thrown up some weird results. Cars that have looked strong in Australia have looked shit everywhere else. So Pass a couple of years in a row? Yeah, I don't think that means Red Bull are going to magically end up 6th and 7th or anything like that, but perhaps it might mess around with the order a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. But I think I think... We get we get accused of being Red Bull apologists and biased and shit like that. But at the same yeah, time, I won't apologize for it. I won't apologize for it either because they paid my mortgage for a number of years, and you just buy their drinks. Yeah, but and they, that they that, did really good uh, catering. Yeah, exactly. Fed me, but that doesn't make any of our points less bad. All I'm trying to say is, I don't enjoy seeing the Red Bulls run off and one to it. I'd love to see. I want to see. Hamilton, I want to see Russell, I want to see Leclerc. I'm not sure we'll see signs in there, but if we do see him, I hope he can fight too. I'm just, yeah, I get it. And it, it's it's more interesting for everybody else because we can focus on the interesting battles instead of making up all this drama to traumatize and hurt ourselves because we have that empty hole from a boring one stop in our lives. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to make contest, uh, content for a podcast when the same team are doing one, two every week. Chat, we I don't, I don't with- have it in me to do this every week. No, not if this keeps happening. And this, if this keeps happening, it's Mercedes' fault for not building a faster car this year. This is on you. Fix your fucking car. Listen, I've got a great plan, right? If this, if they, if they won two, right, the entire for the first half of the season, we'll, and we'll make it fun somehow. Yeah, and if you're listening and you and you're a Mercedes fan or an Aston fan or whatever, here's what you got to do. You got to tag Red Bull Racing on Twitter and say, "Hey, could you rehire Dan and Blake? Because when you were there, you weren't winning." <laughs> get, get us our job back and we will destroy an exit from the inside imagine Dan to be the first person to get a call from HR when he's not even employed by the company exactly I'm just waiting for my cease and desist letter oh my goodness oh my goodness so yeah expecting a one stop with low deg I hope it doesn't mean what I think it means now here's something I heard a lot of people saying on the, the, the twitter nets from the, the experts and I was like that's interesting and it does have a little bit of meat to it, but people are saying, because now there's apparently the, is it Gary Anderson or somebody else has coined Red Bull's super effective top speed, the triple DRS? Yeah, I saw it. And like the majority of things on Twitter, I just decided that this is bollocks and I would ignore it. But <laughs> This ain't the one, mate. Ain't no way. But I'm not um, sure how a rear diffuser has can be a part of DRS, um, but sure, whatever. There's aero people yeah. out there that probably know more than me, so go for it. Yeah, but I don't know the answer to this, but looking at the data, um, it wasn't too dissimilar to what Ferrari had a couple of years ago when they were the super slippy car, but I think the Red Bull's just a pretty efficient car, but um, they do have a reasonably powerful DRS. Now, the DRS effect does vary from wing level to wing level, so it's not always the same amount. Um, but... You know, people like Red Bull are going to have a huge advantage in the race because of their super powerful DRS. And then my first response to that is... Advantage locked in for years? No, who the fuck are Red Bull going to have the DRS on? They're going to be 20 seconds in front of everybody. You can't really get DRS off of each other and just yeah. like, oh, let's swippy swap. Yeah, yeah, synchronized slipstreams. 
I don't, I don't see it. But it, the DRS will be a effect which teams will be using to affect the pecking order and qualify, like to, to for a performance point of view. But it's not like they just have an efficient car. I think that's as simple as it. I don't see the Red Bull particularly unless one of them is out of position uh, or coming through traffic. I don't see the Red Bull and DRS factoring as a a differentiator. Mm, the old shake and bake technique. Yeah, when they when they upshifted the ninth gear. Mm, we're Hopefully get, nobody finds ninth gear this weekend. The slush box. We're going to have uh, Hugh Bird on the pit wall trying to explain to Checo what shake and bake is as he's going down the straight. <laughs> I remember a story from a couple of years ago, and I wasn't there. But um, it, was, it was a Hugh story. And uh, Hugh's performance engineer on Max's car at this point in time, and he asked one of the Honda engineers, he's like, I can't remember what the guy's name, but he's a Japanese engineer. And he said, uh, can we have a couple more laps of fuel beans, full beans? And the guy goes, I'm sorry, Hugh, what is full beans? Cause he obviously didn't get connection yeah. to the, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Like full beans. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm translating that from English to Japanese, all of the beans, like what, what we're talking about race cars, not edible yeah, things. There's, there's a lot of really, uh, good sayings in the uh, paddock that don't really translate well outside the paddock. My favorite is P0. Yeah. So P0, like when you, when P1 is when the electronics are on in a car, P2 is when you're like starting it or it's running. And then P0 is like where everything's off, power, everything. And if you've gone out drinking a little bit too heavy the night before and you come in the garage the next morning and someone looks at you and goes, you know, you're right. You just say, no, mate, I'm P0. Yeah. Just basically, <laughs> I mean, fucked, the nowhere. lights are off. Yeah. Nobody's home. Full nothing. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. But um, that's that. You know what time it is, dude? What time is it? I think it's time for. Is it random fandom? Random fandom. Right, that, we need to add a we need to add an applause track at the end as well. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. For next week, that was pretty good though. It if, will if you evolve knew, as the uh, year yeah, progresses. These are getting better and better. So Dan has just jazzed up the random fandom uh, soundbite, and it's getting better and better. That's an absolute bop. We need if we have any producers, can we get somebody to do a, an edit to that? Like some sick beat. That'd be awesome. But anyway, um. Tell tell everybody about random fandom because this is this is your this is your My baby. baby yeah. Uh, to spice it up a little bit, um, I thought to, uh, for every race weekend we're going to spin a magic wheel, which we are now into race three, and the magic wheel still hasn't actually arrived yet. So uh, we're doing it virtually, um, but we get a team selected at random, right? And we have to do like a little book report on them in our uh, post race review. Um, mm-hmm. And and to you know to to, to, to de- defeat the accusations of bias, uh, we take away Red Bull and Alpha Tower out of the draw. So oh, ha- we have removed them. Yeah. Oh, did you not know that? Okay. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> they're they're never in the realized. draw, right? Just to, just to spice okay. it up, because you know we need we need to you know appeal to okay everyone. So yeah. So there you go. Uh, who would you like to spin first? Do you want to spin for you, or do you want to spin for me? You can spin me first this weekend, I'll right round, like you, a record, right round. When is that wheel showing up, bro? It will. It will. Oh, you got uh, you got my uh, last week, Aston Martin. I, I can do that. I'm I'm looking forward to Aston Martin having a a pretty strong Melbourne. I'm not hmm. sure if it'll be as strong as the last two, but we wait and see. It'll be interesting to see, won't it? What about me? Who've I got? Spin it. Spin it, baby. That's Mario. Shit. Yeah, close enough. Oh, I have got, got? Alpine. L plan. Mm. Are they going to stop sandbagging yet, you reckon? Now I've got them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to send a message <laughs> uh, to um, Otmar. Like, listen, Otmar, you fucking prick. Right? <laughs> Turn the engines up to 11. <laughs> you fucking... I know where you live, and I do know where he lives, actually. So there you go. 
I'm going to go around there and egg his house. Do, I'm going to do a lawny. <laughs> lawny. Mate, you, I'm sure he's, I'm pretty sure the, the, the new gaff's in like some gated unit. Yeah, Maybe like four on four though, so gates are ah. merely an obstacle for uh, yeah, a four exactly. Send it, Barry! Mm, ramming speed. <laughs> uh, hit him with the lawny. <laughs> oh, mate. Imagine. Um, hey, I wonder if we could get somebody to do it into a vote, and if they lose the vote, we can lawny on their property without uh, legal action. Well, you think someone is willingly going to allow us to do a lawny? If they lose a strong bet, yeah. Mm. Trying I don't to see it happening. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think where's the best place to do a lawny. I know Christian and Adrian have got gates, which is a shame. Um, Adrian's got a lovely garden. That would do some wicked, you could do some wicked lawnies and that. And he's got an RB7 in his garage, isn't he? Yeah. You reckon we could break yeah. in there, get the RB7 and do a lawny in that? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening, but um, yeah. There you go. Anyway, so that is... The Australian Grand Prix preview. We'll have another episode on Monday next week, a day, a week from today. Um, but also, I don't know if you're doing any streaming this weekend, but I'm going to be streaming uh, Friday, UK afternoon. I'll do an FP1, FP2 analysis, quick stream. Maybe like, it'll be like a 30 minute breakdown of what happened in FP1, FP2. And it's Friday. I might play some Tarkov or play some uh, Euro Truck Simulator and smash a couple beers or Ooh, some F1. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. If, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do like a dual, a dual Euro Truck Simulator beer and trucker oh cap my stream. God. Yeah, I got a trucker cap. I got a Red Bull one and I got a, one from one of my favorite breweries, brother. I'm going to drive fast. 100, 100 kilometers an hour. 12 speed. Mm. Hyperglide transmission. The virtual oh, 18 wheeler lawny. Yeah, bro. We're doing it. Um, Qualifying, I'll be, I'm getting up early. I'm going to be live an hour before qualifying and an hour before the race on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then everything else, if you miss any of that stuff, it's going to be on break live on YouTube. So that's my new second channel where all the like live stream stuff ends up. So it's not on the main channel. So break on YouTube, break live on YouTube and then engine mode 11 on YouTube. Dan's getting back into it. I can feel it. I can feel it. He's coming. He's coming. Content man. Yeah. He's back. Yeah. I might do, um, Maybe we'll do some like open lobbies on F1 2022 at Melbourne just to get Ooh. us in the spirit. On the old Twitch stream? Yeah, on Twitch. So it's cross-play now. So if you've got F1 2022... Whatever's going on down... Blimey, I don't know what that just... Did you get a load of that in your ear? Some, uh, I heard something. Yeah, something just started playing in the background on my computer. There you go. Um, what was I saying? Yes, F1 2022 uh, is cross-play, so it doesn't matter if you've got it on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, whatever. We might do some open lobbies... Um, we did some of them the other day at Sandvoort and it was fucking chaos um, so yeah <laughs> rock and roll and we asked the Twitter Q&A for uh, something and nobody really came back to us so we'll get back to you guys next week maybe with a little Q&A after the Australian Grand Prix you got anything else tonight brother? no uh, I just want to say uh, Haru apparently that's Australian for Cheerio um, nice big up Steve Irwin you are missed Dearly. Mm. Um, local butcher. I'm going to go to my local butcher tomorrow and get throw, a beef rib, which I'm going to cook on Thursday. On that Barbie. Yes, brother. Do a lawny to your uh, most hated uh, enemy. You've got my permission. Do, um, do. Yeah. So there you go. Fuck off. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you later. <laughs>